I'm Representative Liz Olson. I'm Representative Jamie Long. And we're the co-hosts of the Minnesota Values Podcast. Every week, Liz and I bring you real stories from real Minnesotans about the values that inspire action at our state capitol and in our communities. Listen anywhere podcasts are available. Hi, folks. This is Representative Jamie Long. And Representative Liz Olson. We are here for uh, the second episode of Season 2 of the Minnesota Values Podcast, and we're going to be talking paid family and medical leave today. This is a great topic as a mother myself and a caregiver to my mom who has some physical disabilities that this is uh, timely, I think, for both of us personally, and just exciting time to be talking about what could be future for Minnesota. Absolutely. We had uh, Representative Lori Halverson on last season to talk about the bill. Um, and today we have two individuals who are going to tell some of their, their real stories about what paid family and medical leave would mean to them. Um, but to put it in context, this week, uh, paid family and medical leave uh, is going to be a hot topic in the legislature. And so we wanted to get this uh, recording done right away so that folks could keep up to speed on what's happening here in session. Uh, so Liz, you want to introduce our guests? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So welcome to the Minnesota Values Podcast. As mentioned, we have had legislators on before who've told stories of people they've worked with on bills, but today we actually have two storytellers who have worked on this legislation. So we have Hannah Lixon, a uh, doctor, a medical doctor, and a mother who's here. So welcome to the show, Hannah. Thank you. And we also have Sarah Piepenberg, who is a small business owner who has been impacted uh, by this issue and is working on this legislation. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you. Good to be here. And I have to mention that uh, Sarah owns Vinaigrette, which happens to be in District 61B. So one of, uh, one of our favorite local businesses. Oh, that's awesome to hear. So we're glad to have you both here on the show and to be talking with us about paid family and medical leave. So we'll start with, uh, with Sarah. Can you tell us a little bit about what brought you to this issue, why paid family and medical leave is important to you? Absolutely. This started for me a couple of years ago when uh, an employee of mine, Linda, who came to me, um, she had worked for the phone company for 27 years. And one of the things that she realized in her retirement shortly after her husband passed away is that she wasn't making her ends meet. Um, so I was fortunate enough to have her come and work at my store and she worked for us for a number of years and, um, fell unfortunately and, um, needed hip replacement. So she was going to be out for 12 weeks at Vinaigrette. We have an unlimited sick policy. So we just assumed that we would be paying her during her 12 weeks while she was out. And, um, we went to her house actually to deliver her paycheck and she was sitting there in her recliner trying to figure out being gone from our store for 12 weeks, like what areas she could cut back on. Um, she thought about maybe even selling her car. And when I handed her, her, the check and it was her full check, she couldn't believe it. And I said, well, Linda, we want to take care of you. We need you to come back. You're a valued employee. Um, however, while she was out, it became really difficult for us because if we, not only were we paying her, but having to pay somebody else to cover her shifts or it was one of us. So then my husband and I were scrambling to find childcare, but ultimately, um, we were late on our mortgage and we were late on our commercial rent payment and it was a real struggle and we're still recovering from it. 
However, we knew it was the right thing to do. And Linda came back to us more loyal, harder working um, than she had been before. She was a great employee, which is why we wanted to retain her. And as a small business owner, I can't afford to lose people because the cost of retraining someone is a minimum of 20% of their salary. And when you look at 20% of their salary, the 12 weeks paying her was actually a more affordable option for us than having to hire a new employee. And that's literally what got me into this um, fight. Um, I'm also a mother. I have three kids. Um, I brought my um, second child um, with me to our store um, when she was a baby. And um, I've become really impassioned about getting this um, legislature passed because we have, we have an opportunity to lift all of our community as a whole. So what would it have meant for you if you'd have had the option to have your employee take advantage of a state program rather than having to pay for it out of your own pocket? It would be a fraction of the cost um, because I would be paying in, my employee would be paying in, but at a minimal rate. Um, and I had looked when we opened our business into like, disability, short-term disability, other insurance plans, but they definitely weren't affordable for me when I started my business. Then through testifying numerous times and being challenged um, on having some sort of private insurance, um, I went back and I looked at what private insurance would cost. And it's not affordable, one. Two, it doesn't cover what we need it to cover for um it, if you're a mother, it's maternity leave, not paternity leave. And it only covers if the child comes from you or your body. It doesn't cover adoption, um, which is, is a problem um, for me. The other piece is there's minimal hospital stays that are required through the private insurance. And this would not have helped Linda to some extent. And it would have been a fraction of, of what is being presented now um, as far as what is offered and what you could cover through the new legislation. This is really timely conversation as we talk about, you know, when we had this bill up in Ways and Means today, we talked about the economic impact and we had lots of discussion about it, but how this is actually really a tool to make it more viable for small businesses like yourself. Um, a state-run program is actually something businesses are asking us to do, that it helps make it more possible. And I think that's something that doesn't always get through the noise is that I know businesses in my neck of the woods up in Duluth have been coming and approaching me saying, we really need this. Um, this will make it better for us as a small business. So it's great to have your voice at the table. We don't often create the space to hear from the businesses that are, are really asking us. And you, you, there are a number of you from all over the state. So we really appreciate that you're here today to share that with us. Um, and to have you here, Hannah, too, as someone who understands from probably health outcomes, maternal health outcomes, mm -hmm. um, disparities, a number of issues and a number of perspectives. So tell us a little bit about what brings you to the table around this issue. Well, I'm really here for for my patients in so many ways i have seen <laughs> it, it's hard to pick one story honestly it, because i could tell so many or my patients could tell so many i am here as their voice uh people who go to work before they should because they can't miss that next paycheck and they don't have sick time let alone paid leave uh people who 
uh, end up back in the hospital or the emergency room because they don't want to take a day off to come see me or their doctor and end up getting more and more sick. Uh, I, I care for one young man who, after having a severe bone infection, went back to work before I and his other doctors recommended because he didn't want to lose his apartment. He was really proud of being able to pay his rent and keep up on it. Uh, and because of that, and because of not taking the time he really needed to recover on his IV antibiotics, even at home, uh, he ended up back in the hospital needing another surgery, uh, losing the apartment after all. And all of that could be prevented with paid family and medical leave in Minnesota. You asked about disparities. Uh, that is another huge issue that brings me here. We you know, we have long prided ourselves on having excellent health and health care in Minnesota, but it depends on who you are, honestly, and it depends on where you live, whether or not you have access to that excellent care. And we are having a crisis now with infant mortality in our state. Uh, children of black mothers and children of Native American mothers die at twice the rate of white babies in their first year of life in Minnesota. And that's not acceptable. We can't go on with that. We need to, these are, these are babies and we need to do whatever it takes to help them and to resolve that disparity. Often when we, we see these large population disparities, it's not clear how to help, but this is one place where we have an answer. We know what will help because we know that access to paid family medical leave saves the lives of babies. It reduces the infant mortality rate. And right now in Minnesota, the people who have access to paid leave, to paid maternity leave, are people who already have means, people who tend to be white, who tend to be in positions of power with higher education levels. And that's because this whole system was founded on a racist foundation with systemic disparities that everything has grown out of. And in order to solve those disparities, we need to level the playing field. So we have an answer. We can save lives here in Minnesota. We can save the lives of infants in Minnesota by giving access to paid family medical leave to the people who need it most uh, so that parents can care for their children during their most vulnerable time and not have to go back to work after two weeks. Uh, what we see is that that gives parents the freedom to take their kid to the doctor, to seek out care, ask questions when they need to. Uh, it allows moms to breastfeed if that's what they choose to do, which is what we recommend that they do if they can. Uh, and we need to do that. So that's that's a big piece of why I'm here. That's and today we're again hearing this bill and it's traveling this session um, through through the house again. And you know, one in four mothers return to work two weeks after giving birth. Which I mean, as a mother myself, um, that's not too in, too much in the distant past. I just think about that, and not just the physical healing, but all that comes around with. Um, we're talking more about postpartum depression. We're talking mm -hmm. about more, and that really dovetails with all of the things that we focus on here in the legislature. And when we're talking about access to mental health, when we're talking about, um, you know, 
improving health outcomes by preventative measures. And you think one in four mothers after giving birth goes back to work in two weeks. And I think you're right. It's probably low wage and hard work Mm -hmm. um, or you're working multiple jobs. So, I mean, speak a little bit to kind of those intersections if you can. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. It's, it's people who don't have access to this through their employer as it is people who are working multiple part-time jobs or working time and a half, but still without those benefits. And you're not recovered from having a baby after two weeks. You're not even recovered after six weeks or 12 weeks. Totally risk of a blood clot, risk of uh, hypertension and, and severe heart disease is still high during that time. And that doesn't even begin to touch on issues of postpartum depression and the support that new moms need in caring for a baby. You know, I personally was very lucky that I live close to my parents. And so when I went back to work, uh, I knew that my kids were being cared for by someone I trusted wholly. Not everybody has that. I also was able to afford good childcare and not everybody can afford that either. This is such a critical time in the life of a newborn, but also in the life of a new mom. It's a really hard time. And I think both of you touched on this too. We talk and have been talking a lot about childcare shortage in the state, especially in greater Minnesota, and talking about the pressure that puts on the family. And each of you have talked about it. But um, what we hear is this is one of the things we could do is have a robust paid family medical leave for the first year of life really helps with some of those child care issues that people face with infant care being some of the most expensive and hardest to get in the state. And if babies can be at home with their parents, whether through adoption or that you've birthed, I imagine not only is it good for child care, but for bonding and longer term health outcomes, better uh, performance in school, better, you know, that it ties to so many things that if we invest now, we don't have to invest in later. Oh, absolutely. And we see that the first three years of a child's life are critical in their emotional and neurological development. So all the resources we can give them during that time are just, I I have no words to describe how important it is. You know, in in talking about childcare, I, I know that as moms, you can relate or as parents, anyone can relate. You know, the call from daycare that your kid has a fever or that they have a stomach bug and having to leave work to pick them up to care for them because they can't be at, at child care when they're sick. And that's actually a good thing that they can't be there because you're trying to prevent them from spreading that infection to everybody else. But when someone is not at a, a facility where someone's checking their temperature, uh, we go to work when we're sick. And that's how infections spread. We have outbreaks in the state of of food poisoning because people go to work sick because they really don't have an alternative. They can't afford not to go to work, and it makes us sicker. Uh, And in the end, we all suffer because of that. And um, Sarah, Hannah touched a little bit on who has access to paid family and medical leave, and often that's people who are in higher income professions and often bigger businesses, right? That Mm -hmm. have the ability to provide this type of benefit to their employees. I'm curious from perspective of a small business owner, you know, how were you able to deal with your three kids and, um, you know, taking the time that you need. And then how do you view, uh, having a small business, having to compete against bigger businesses that have all of these leave benefits? 
Well, having a paid family and medical leave policy would allow, would even the playing field. And I hear a lot of times um, kind of a vilification of employees um, about taking advantage or somehow taking advantage of this policy. But there's a lot of people that actually work in jobs that they're not happy with just because of their benefits. Can you imagine if we would allow them to be able to have the freedom to work where they want to and have those benefits? Your productivity would go up substantially. The other piece, um, I went to Washington, D.C. recently, and one of the statistics I heard, 85% of black women are gainfully employed. Of that 85%, 90% are the primary income earner and caregiver. A baby born to a black working mother has a 29% increased risk of death. This is our future people who will be working in these small businesses across the United States. So it's critical that we preserve our future workforce if we want to continue our businesses. Right, right. Yeah, I was privileged to have the opportunity to take uh, paternity leave. Um, and you mentioned that there's a lot, of, a lot of folks who can't, and some of the policies that we have out there don't allow for uh, paternity leave as well. And so then that burden winds winds up falling back on women who have to take more time off, right? And it's viewed unequally in society if uh, if only the women are allowed to or able to take off time. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, too, you're going to extend that, the child care. You're going to kind of lift that burden for just a little bit, maybe until we can figure out a few things. But if you have a mom that can be home for 12 weeks and a dad can be home for 12 weeks, that's 24 weeks that is lifting some of that critical, you know, childcare issues, some of the childcare issues. Yes. And I think this conversation, we talk about the problem and, you know, some of the statistics that make it really difficult. But I think we're also, what's heartening about this conversation is hearing what would change and how many different levers we would be pulling if we did this one policy. We've talked childcare, we've talked health outcomes, we've talked racial disparities, we've talked geographical disparities. I mean, imagine what our state would look like if we had this. And for such a small fee, I mean, what do you remember? I mean, it's, it was a drop in the bucket. Our state budget is huge. And to think about the impact and how many levers we would pull, it would touch so many elements of what we need to be thinking about here at the Capitol. Absolutely. Well, um, we're just about out of time, but would just uh, love to ask you both to reflect on, was there something we didn't ask about or something we didn't touch on that is top of your mind when you're thinking about this topic? Well, I think the thing that's interesting is in the state of Minnesota, it's illegal to separate a kitten and a puppy from their mother before eight weeks of age, but we separate mommies from babies at six weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you can go to jail for up to a year is appalling to me that we can't do the same, you know, we're doing nothing to prevent a net for, for our future generation. I am just so glad to be here with you both today or with all of you today. And, uh, thank you for fighting for, for our health, because this is, I think going to make a big difference in the health of all Minnesotans once, once we pass it. Yes. Once we pass it, not, not if, when. <laughs> so thank you both for being here. It was wonderful to have you and have your voice to really round out what it means to have paid family and medical leave in our state. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.